Hello, and welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens. And in this episode, we're going to wrap our series on the blueprint for an artificial intelligence bill of rights. And I just wanted to wrap it up with a quick summary and some of my my own personal thoughts. Um, having read this, my, my goal when I started out doing a deep dive on the, the blueprint for the AI Bill of Rights was to say, okay, in the healthcare setting, if I were setting up a framework to meaningfully govern uh, artificial intelligence use cases, if I was looking for a checklist or a framework to evaluate what's good to bring in, how do I know if it's good, if it's performing the way I think it is? Um, how do I know if it's continuing to perform the way I thought it was? And what do I need to do for the patients as we're going through all of this? My hope was that I would come out of this with a bit more understanding of how, if I were Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Because this isn't my role. This is just for fun. Um, And it should tell you something about the kind of very specific nerd I am, that this is fun, right? Setting up a a pretend AI governance structure. Um, I, I really did find it very helpful, right? In helping me organize and kind of pull together some of my thoughts. So overall, if I were in charge of artificial intelligence for a healthcare organization, which again, I am not, this is my free time. This is my hobby. Um, I would start by thinking about endpoints and I would want to have a defined process by which the endpoints are determined and reviewed by a group that is not the necessarily the clinically impacted group. This is a great place to bring your values and your ethics in. Um, so, you know, the Cleveland Clinic has, has six, uh, six standard Cleveland Clinic values, and I really feel like those can be a North Star for you as you're thinking about, okay, how are we going to measure success? How do we know if this is working? Does this align with our organizational values? We, I would recommend accountability post-go-live, so a regular review process. Make sure that we're still meeting those endpoints, that the, the algorithm and the artificial intelligence is still performing in the way that we think it is. We want to make sure that we're evaluating the side effects as well, right, of introducing a new a, a new uh, algorithm into our healthcare ecosystem. We want to make sure that we're re-evaluating data sets, um, our data sets that we're using for training and for testing. We also want to make sure that we frequently retest our algorithm on new data sets, right? Healthcare changes, populations change. We want to make sure that everything is still performing the way that it, that it's intended. You know, a, an algorithm that suggests when to bleed a patient to reduce their spleen may be not so useful in the year 2023. Um, we want to make sure that we have our AI use cases documented just as detailed Uh, just as detailed as if they were business applications, right? Because they are kind of. Um, So we want to make sure that we're keeping records of who are the affected populations? What are the appropriate endpoints? How are we notifying patients that they are, you know, that they are being, uh, that their data is participating in this algorithm Um, and make sure that the risks are documented and the risk mitigation plans are also documented. We want to have a real quick escalation to either a re-review or a human review and I thought we might want to consider some sort of formal human group, maybe, to, to look at these. I'm, I'm thinking about the ombudsman office, but I'm also thinking something very clinically focused, right? In our episode on human alternatives, we talked about the patient who um, was denied pain management post-surgery because according to the narcotics database, she was a, a she picked up a lot of prescriptions for narcotics, which was 100% true, but the prescriptions were for her dogs. 
And so we want to make sure that we have a, in the case of that patient, you know, we have a quick way to escalate for her. Can she speak to an actual pharmacist, somebody who is comfortable, you know, countermanding the state narcotics database and saying, actually, no, this pain relief is appropriate for this patient because of reasons X and Y and Z. We want to make sure that we have consistent education for our providers. Our providers should know what the ecosystem they're operating in is full of, right? They should know where artificial intelligence is. They should know when it is active. They should be able to say, actually, you know, I, I don't need to tell this patient about all of the AI that's going into noise reduction on her CT, but I do need to tell this patient that our, our wellness appointment here, this information is going to be fed into a risk score to see if she might be eligible for a um, a highly coordinated care group, you know, have a nurse manager to manage her chronic conditions. You know, th these are kind of the things where we might need to think about what's meaningful to the patient, what's meaningful to the encounter, and can we give a clear explanation in basic language that will be meaningful to, the, to both of us, right? Um, you shouldn't have to be a super techie doctor or nurse or a provider of any sort in order to be able to provide healthcare. You shouldn't have to be a super techie patient in order to be able to receive healthcare. Um, a lot of the artificial intelligence that we encounter is going to be third party, right? We are absolutely capable of home growing, um, our own artificial intelligence and we, and we do. And when I say we here, I mean the Cleveland clinic, but you know, we are really healthcare providers and we shouldn't have to also be AI experts. We should be able to meaningfully partner with, with third parties when we want to, but that means that the third parties also need to meaningfully participate in the system, right? They need to be maximally transparent. Um, they want to collaborate on our governance and on our, on our ability to manage our algorithms and, you know, all of the, all of the various places our data is going outside of our environment. Um, as I'm thinking about all of this, I, I am hearkening back to my days in clinical research, right? And I'm thinking that test data where you can just play, test hypotheses, just say, I wonder what would happen if getting some clean de-identified test data has to be a very early priority for a healthcare system that wants to develop a really robust AI ecosystem. Um, you don't want to be playing with live ammunition every time. You know, we do need to have a large large amount of de-identified patient data that we can use to meaningfully test our hypotheses. If you've got other ideas, I would love to hear from you.